When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is The Current, presented by Brian Subaru, the official podcast of Tulane Athletics. This is the place to hear from the people who make the green wave roll each and every week. The Current is also brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana. For life's moments big and small, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is always there. The right card, the right kid. And by Children's Hospital of New Orleans, the health experts for kids. You have found The Current, presented by Brian Subaru. This is the official podcast of Tulane Athletics. If you meant to find us, hello again. If you stumbled upon us, welcome. My name is Corey Glore, and if you're new here, you have come at a wonderful time because things are popping in Uptown New Orleans right now, and The Current is here to give you a little piece of all the fun. Let's bring you this week's lineup for the show this time out. It's brought to you by Helm Paint and Decorating, providing quality paint, paint supplies, and equipment for residential, commercial, and interior design jobs. It was another nail-biting win for Willie Fritz and the two-lane football team, now 8-1 on the year after their 13-10 victory over East Carolina this past Saturday. We'll check in on the blood pressure of the head coach in a little bit, plus all the highlights from the victory and the post-game conversations with Jarius Monroe, Michael Pratt, and Jesus Machado. But first up, women's cross-country nabbed their first-ever American Conference Championship two weekends ago, and Gemma Raboyo led the way, winning the individual heat. Now, as the wave heads off to regionals, we'll catch up with Gemma about battling back from an Achilles injury last year to now winning the AAC championship with the wave. And now, looking to help bring Tulane into nationals. That conversation is coming up after this. Each day at Brian Subaru, our job is simple. We match up our Subaru customers with the Subaru they love. At Brian Subaru, we know all members of your family, including your beloved pets, have a say-so in the process. For a wonderful sales experience, come in to Brian Subaru. We consistently have great financing opportunities every month on all models in stock. Brian Subaru, 8305 Airline Drive in Metairie or briansubaru.com. Family, Subarus, and love. That's Brian Subaru. 
The best kept secret on the North Shore is Mandeville Seafood. Become a part of the family and try our famous catfish platter or order one of our delicious po'boys with hush puppies and a cup of gumbo. Dine in or carry out. Mandeville Seafood can even cater your next crawfish boil. Fresh seafood, local culture since 1996. Order online at mandevilleseafoodmarket.com. There has never been a better time to be involved with Tulane Athletics. And if you're a local business owner in New Orleans, southeastern Louisiana, or coastal Mississippi, come be a part of all the action in Uptown. The team at Tulane Sports Properties brings your business to Green Wave Nation and brings the Tulane Green Wave to your business. From branding and sponsorships to contests and promotions and everything in between, there are so many ways to be in our number. To get in touch with Tulane Sports Properties, find us on the staff directory page at TulaneGreenWave.com and on Twitter and Instagram at TulaneSP. This summer, Coors Light wants you to retire, even if it's only temporary. Take a break from your 9 to 5 for 9 holes of golf. Trade those spreadsheets for a bingo card. Or swap your office chair for a water aerobics floaty. This summer, welcome to temporary retirement. Coors Light, made to chill. Copyright 2023, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. This segment of The Current is brought to you by Tulane Orthopedics. The leaders in orthopedic care in the Gulf South are ready to see you. Visit them online at orthotulane.com or give them a call at 504-988-0100. Gemma, thanks for joining the show here. Fresh off of just wiping the floor with the American Athletic Conference a few weekends ago. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Thank you for having me here today. It's uh, You were at the front of the pack uh, a couple weekends ago in Greenville en route to Tulane winning the conference championship. Uh, it, take me through, I, I guess, the, the, right before the race and, and the message that was being sent to you and your team by, by Coach Myers uh, about what was potentially possible uh, on that day. What was the message being sent to your group that fueled a conference title. Yes, of course. So after um, the previous race, we were like, we 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 actually realized that we could like have a pretty good chance of, you know, like winning the conference. So we were just that was like the mindset that we all had, not just winning, but knowing that we had the chance to do it. It was gonna be like history. So we were like all so excited. I think. The thing that really helped me was like we were all moving towards the same goal. So we were like motivating each other, like speaking good things to each other every single day. We were like the previous day we were just full with excitement for like showing all of our hard work. Like because no one was expecting us. If you listen to the commentators, they were just talking about Tulsa, SMU. Where were they? Like we... <laughs> We did it, so like no one was expecting us, and that was making us uh, even like more excited because uh, it was like something that never happened before. We came through basically nowhere, so but obviously with all of our work, we knew that we were able to do it, so we felt prepared, and I think that we were all in the same page, going towards the same goal. 
as this season has been going on, there have been some some higher expectations for this group. I, I sat down with your coach before the season started, and he was talking about just what was possible here. And there's more to go here. You're going to regionals this weekend. But as the season has been going on, did you feel as though you and this team were accomplishing what you were capable of? Or was Saturday in Greenville like an affirmation of – yeah, we are this good. We are the best team in the conference, and now we get to show it here. Was that kind of uh, uh, you and, and this group saying, you're like, that's right, this is everything that we heard about before the year. This is everything we knew that was possible, and we're going to go out and do it. Um, not really, because honestly, it's going to be surprising, but when I first came here, I didn't even know that I was capable of making a travel roster at all. So it was just a matter of like um, with all the work and showing it to like each other that we were like capable with every competition gaining like confidence back. And it was like just a progress of like seeing actually that we could do it. So yeah, coming into a conference, we knew that we were able to do that. But like maybe like three weeks ago, you told us that and I would not believe that. And so it was just like all of a process that required like all of the work, but every single day after each workout, we were feeling better. We were looking better. Every race, we all like, we were like throwing PRs everywhere. Every single one of us did one. So it was just a whole progress that made us lead to that competition. I think a lot of people, after we heard what happened and and this team winning and you winning individually, uh, started going onto social media if they weren't watching what the the event as it was happening live. And your interview after the heat showed up, the American posted it, and I think you became a little bit of a star with that interview, and you told me before this, you don't remember a second no. of that interview. Like when they told me, oh, your interview was really good, I was like, oh, I don't even remember what I said, I hope I didn't like mess up anything. I mean, it was, uh, you could tell how just uh, on cloud nine you were, just the <laughs> adrenaline coursing yeah. through you, because I think you were asked one question, you spoke for about four minutes, <laughs> and, and you just kept on going, And but you, you detailed uh, you, this has not been an easy road for no, you. No, definitely not. You, you, you suffer, you're dealing with a back injury, mm-hmm. and you had some questions about whether or not this was possible moving mm-hmm. forward. So uh, let, let's go back to that and and, and going through the, the injury process and the rehab. How challenging truly was that for you to get back to running and now becoming the conference's best? Yeah, of course. Uh, honestly, this experience was like, one of the toughest, if not the most of my, that I had to go through my life. Cause running is like, I think that everyone can tell at this point that is what I love to do. So not being able to do that uh, because of an injury, it was just uh, so hard to go through because I wanted, but I couldn't. Like I just physically yeah. could not, like I was, uh, it was impossible for me to like, even walking was painful at that point. So uh, it was really hard going through that, but definitely made me stronger and when I was injured I cross-trained like crazy just with the mindset of getting back to running a lot of people told me like hey it's like really hard that you're gonna be fast again it's um some people even told me uh you're not gonna run ever again like that was like just a thing that happened but then you're not gonna be able to be back so it was like some of a really hard time and I had like to keep reminding myself that 
I, that it was possible that injuries happened to everyone. I was not alone in that and like I could recover. And so obviously like the moment when you start back running after not running for so long, it's really hard. Like the first day I, w I came back like crying to my house uh, because I couldn't like hold 15 minutes and I was like oh my gosh all of the work I can't hold 15 minutes and <laughs> I don't think I'm, uh, I'm terribly injured but that's just a different story <laughs> because I was like I had been like cross training like yeah. maybe sometimes I was doing like five hours a day so that was a lot in like hopes that I could like feel good when running but that doesn't happen so uh, I was like oh my gosh all of this cross training that I've done for nothing but then I was like okay you're able to run with no pain so that's progress and I was like keep remembering myself tomorrow will be better tomorrow will be better you'll get there you'll get there and like I could like see small progress through every single day so that made me like more motivated I was like even looking at times or anything I was like okay I can run now for 20 minutes and I feel good so let's get to a bit more a bit more a bit more and that was my goal I didn't do any speed workout and just keep trying to get my endurance back my confidence back also then like coming here I was like obviously recovered uh, at that point so but I didn't do I hadn't done like any speed workout so I didn't know where I was so the first workout we did here that that's gonna be a memory that's gonna stick with me forever because uh, I was like terrified I didn't know if I was gonna be able to go through a workout because I hadn't done a workout in like who knows a year so I was like so terrified but then I put myself in there I just said okay stick with it act like you you are there like everybody else and it worked so that made me like a lot more confidence coming into the season and the rest I think it's history yeah it, it definitely worked I would say here uh, when how far of a gap was there from when you first suffered the injury uh, what was uh, it was a back injury but how did that uh, it wasn't happen? actually a back injury it was okay. an Achilles injury oh it's Achilles yes. injury my apologies so <laughs> no that's, that's even worse for no running worries. here so yeah. so when you suffered that injury to when you first got back running how long of a time was um, that? um my injury developed towards the uh I would say middle of cross-country season last year so I would say October of last year okay and I stopped running, I would say, in December. So it was December until May when I restarted. So about, yeah, yeah about six yes. months or yes. so here until you started getting back going here. Yeah. And so, and it, you mentioned, I think, when, when you first got back out there and it was a lot more difficult than it has been for you, but you knew it, you didn't feel pain. The, the mental side of it's the last one, right? When, and you mentioned it was the first workout back here, right? Mm -hmm. What you, you actually, in your head, you're like, all right, I can do I this can again. I can do this. Yeah, it was definitely that. Um, at that point, I was like, okay, I can be competitive again. Because previously, my goal was just to run again. So, like, my goals changed now. I when I saw that I could be there with everyone, I was like, okay, now my goal is not just to run. Now I want to be good at it again. And so that was, and one thing about me is that if I have like something in my mind, it's really difficult to take it off. So if I set myself a goal, it's going to be hard if, <laughs> if I don't go for it with all, everything I have and work, give all my best. So that's what I try to do. And if I have a goal, I will do whatever it takes to 
try to achieve it. And if not, that's okay because I've done my best. So that's another thing that I tried. So let's talk about next goals here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you are off to regionals here coming up, uh, and then NCAA tournaments and NCAA uh, competitions loom after that. Here, what are the next goals for you individually before the season winds down? Uh, I mean, uh, obviously, the f- goals that we are like focusing right now is making nationals. We need to do that because we are capable of. So I think we have our pretty good chance to do that and then if you're talking like individually uh i would just like to be competitive in nationals if we make it there and just try my best there see if i can get a pr and see how like a national d1 cross-country field is like because i've never been to one so that's going to be exciting and then talking in about track i'm most excited about outdoors rather than indoors because I think that I have a lot of potentially especially in the 10k so that's where I see myself performing really good obviously I think that I can also do good performances in the 5k I've already done my 5k PR in in the in a cross country meet, yeah. so that's I think a good sign for what it's going to happen so yeah I'm really excited for where it's coming well I uh- as the as the event is happening in Greenville, was there when did you know? I guess as someone who doesn't run, just in general, mm-hmm. but as someone who doesn't certainly doesn't run long distances like you do, um, are are you are you oh, cognizant? Are you aware of what how the race is unfolding? You certainly know that there's no one in front of you mm-hmm. at some point, but did you have an uh, an idea as the race is unfolding that not only were you leading? Tulane was in a position to win. Were you able to to kind of grasp that as the race is going on? Yes. Uh, on the previous race uh, to conference, uh, it was a little bit. Uh, I don't know how to explain, but I mean, I go, I went. I, my strategy to run it's always. Uh, I cannot leave. I don't have a, kick, a final kick, so I have to kick since the gang goes off. So that's the strategy that I always try to follow and just put us hard pace since the start and just hold it for a long time, I guess. And and then Turo Barrios, what happened, it was like, I kept that pace and I was like looking back all the time and I didn't see anyone of, any of my teammates. So that, that made me a bit nervous in Arturo Barrios. But the thing that I think gave me like more motivation to like push harder, it was th- that uh, since the gun w- went off, I always saw someone with of the team like when we first uh, went up the first hill because it was like a hill course and uh, I saw everyone with me so that really motivated me like hey we are going to do this and then when we were like the race started to go through and I still like saw them with me I was looking back and then I saw a couple of them with me still I was like oh yeah we can we are gonna do this so th- I think that just pushed me to go harder and just press 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 until like I knew that uh, the second girl was really fast so I just tried to create it like the biggest gap that I could so that she would not be able to kick me in the in the finish line and then when I just saw the finish line and everyone was like go and get her uh, screaming for the um, second girl to get me I was like she's not gonna get me right now <laughs> like there's no way at this point I've done all the work like if I have to die here I'll die here but she's not gonna get me <laughs> 
Yeah, I, what I love here in talking to you is, is the the humility that you that you show and you exude here about you and the team and everything. But then I love how <laughs> she's not getting me. Where was Tulsa? Where was SMU? Yeah. No, here's Tulane. I I love that because that's the competitor in you, and that, that's got it had to have been just a, an ever growing feeling of uh, excitement when when you cross the finish line first. There's that yeah. high right yes, of you just definitely. won the thing individually, yeah. and then you see your teammates filtering yeah. up and yes. realizing, oh, we are winning this thing. Yeah. Have you experienced a moment like that before? No. Like where it just it keeps on building to this crescendo of oh my goodness, we all just pulled this off. Definitely not. Like I've done like individually. I've I have also done like. Uh, good performances that I was like so happy but I've never like gotten that feeling of just gotten my individual and then being so nervous that, like, that everybody like we could make it it was like just so nerve-wracking when I I was like where's the where's the four where's the five and then when I saw her like crossing I was like oh my god we're gonna do this and then when they told us it was just I think there's like plenty of videos of us just crying and hugging each other because it was just like a really emotional moment do you you don't remember the interview after <laughs> the event do you remember the celebration at all yes that's I do I do remember the celebration I just remember it like it was like one of the most beautiful moments of my life we were just crying and hugging each other it was just so emotional then i called my parents i told them because they couldn't like watch the streaming so are your parents still in they're in spain yes, yes. okay and so they weren't able to watch live they, they were able to watch the result but not the video so they they were just they were just so happy and they were like tell us everything but they were sad as well because they couldn't get to watch but now we made them like see the video and everything and my dad i think he said that he has like watched it like over a hundred times already so I, I can't imagine in this day and age when so much is available to to just view and consume internationally still not being yeah. able to watch your yes. kid uh perform at this level on one of the biggest stages i've ever been on here and, and so that the, the phone call with your parents uh have you had anything that has compared to that, especially when you think about a year ago and wondering if running was still going to be in your future to now this and talking to your parents about what just happened? Where does that moment rank for you as uh, just as a runner, as a person getting to share that? It was honestly a really beautiful moment, and I called them while I was cooling down. So, wait, I... were you running? <laughs> okay, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you were doing a cool down run uh, and on the phone with your parents. That's a really weird thing that I do, but almost like every single day I call them while I run. So that's like a part of my day. So I call them every day when I run. So <laughs> if I tried that, my parents would call an ambulance for me. <laughs> So I and so you're calling them, cooling down, telling them yes. you individually won the conference meet and Tulane yeah, won the you. conference meet, and they're five six hours away probably <laughs> yes. at this point and weren't able to watch. Yeah. Uh, all right, that that's insane. <laughs> and honestly, my cool down extended for way too long because I was like so excited, and when I get excited, I talk a lot. So I was like cooling them for like. More than an hour. <laughs> okay. And then the coach had to call me and say, like, hey, are you coming? Like, we are on the bus for, like, waiting for you for, like, 45 minutes. And honestly, this is not the first time that this has happened. So I just need to pace myself because I, I don't get a sense of time when I, like, 
running. So I mean, you might as well just run back to the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, all right. So, all right. So, the the race itself. How long was that? What was the What uh, was the time? I think it was twenty thirty nine. Okay, and then you ran longer in the cool down. Yes, definitely longer. <laughs> I think it was like an hour and twenty. Okay, cool that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can only imagine what the cool down phone call length is going to be when you went regional. <laughs> yeah. I can. All, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's in Fayette. That's in Arkansas, right? You might as well just run right back here yeah, at this I point. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, Gemma. Uh, it was it was so awesome to see uh, you know, on Saturday. A lot of Tulane was kind of scattered around there, and we were able to watch the event, obviously. But as news started trickling out about what happened there, and then again, if you haven't watched the interview, if you haven't gone back and watched <laughs> that, like it's—I'm sure your parents have seen it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that I'm not just, sure they understand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, to say that that this whole school, this whole athletic department, was just filled with with such a, an immense amount of pride for what you and this team just did is is an understatement. And uh, now to sit down and chat with you before regionals come up here and hopefully there's a lot more running coming before this fall this cross-country season winds down for you and this group uh that that was something else uh, uh this past saturday in greenville and for what you have had to go through to get to that point and what this team had to navigate through this year to to reach the mountaintop like they did uh it's not going to get much better than that here this year at Tulane athletics gemma Congratulations on just an unbelievable run in many ways, and, and I can't wait to see what's next. Thank you, thank you so much for having me here, and also I want to thank like the entirety of like the athletic department, uh, all the supporters. Like I don't know if you know, but when we came back, they all made like a welcome. They were yeah, they were everyone, outside the Wilson Center. Was, it was like so emotional. So I've never felt so supported in my life. So I think that's like a really amazing thing having here all of that support and resources. So I'm really just thankful and happy to be here every day. Thank you. If you have an orthopedic problem, Tulane has the answer. Whether you have a back problem, torn ligaments, worn out joints, a shoulder, elbow, hand, or wrist problem, the specialists at Tulane Orthopedics can provide the answer. Conveniently located at the Tulane Institute of Sports Medicine on the Uptown campus, at Tulane Lakeside Hospital, and at Sports Medicine Plus in Lakeview, your answer is just a call or click away. To schedule your appointment, call 504-988-0100 or go to orthotulane.com. Hey, Tulane fans, SeatGeek is now the official fan-to-fan ticket marketplace of the Tulane Green Wave. Whether you're buying or selling your football tickets, SeatGeek is the place to do it. SeatGeek, so Green Wave fans can fan. Hey, Oscar, Oscar, wake up. Hi, this is Otis and Oscar, the talking spokes oysters for Acme Oyster House. You've probably seen us on TV. My friend Oscar is, uh, sleeping. You know, we oysters like our pets. Anyway, drop by tonight for a dozen raw, a dozen char-grilled, a seafood platter or po'boy, and maybe a few laughs. Come at me, bro. Not you. Acme Oyster House. Life's more fun with seafood. 
Hey, Tulane fans, register your kids today for Riptide's Kids Club presented by Raising Cane. Riptide's Kids Club is the official kids club of Tulane Athletics, and all children in sixth grade and under are eligible to join. For just $20, members receive free admission to over 40 Tulane athletic events, as well as a kids club shirt, activity book, Raising Cane's gift card, and access to exclusive members-only events and giveaways. Visit TulaneGreenWave.com slash kids club to register and become a part of Riptide's Kids Club presented by Raising Cane's, the official kids club of Tulane Athletics. This segment of The Current is brought to you by Capital One, proud partner of Tulane Athletics. What's in your wallet? Coach, I feel like at this point, this is, I think, a public service from everyone uh, associated with Tulane. With the last couple weeks, how's your blood pressure? (laughs) All these games have been here for this group. Oh, they've been exciting. There's no doubt about that, but it's uh, it's going going well. We're, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's like I talked to our guys, uh, you know, it's just it's, it's it's so hard to win. It just really is, and, and uh, you know, it's it's great to learn lessons from a W. There's a lot of areas that we can improve in, and and uh, but I, I really liked uh, the fight that we showed. You know, uh, it's particularly in the last quarter where we need stops. We got them. Where we need to sustain uh, uh, control of the ball. We did it. You know, I had a big punt. Uh, by uh, uh, Will Carroll, you know, that kind of flipped the field. We were backed up a little bit. So great job fighting through adversity. You know, of all the things, the, the messages you were telling this team before this year began, I think this past Saturday was a massive example of probably one of those things you kept reiterating in that each and every week, Regardless of what's happened to that particular opponent, the type of year they're having, you're going to get everyone's best shot. And that's what I kept thinking about this past Saturday. ECU was reared up for that game. And I think the physicality of it showed through and just what they were able to do to really frustrate your team from start to finish here. But when push comes to shove, the toughness of your group just showed through again. Well, they did a good job. You know, it was homecoming for them. They had a good crowd. They were awful loud. I was impressed by, you know, how, how loud they were. And, uh, you know, yeah, they're, they're talented. I, I think they got good players across the board. And, they, you know, for whatever reason, they've had some a tough go at it this season. And but they've been in a bunch of games. And, you know, they, they competed their tails off. I think that's a, a credit to Coach Houston and his staff and, and, uh, and those kids and how hard they play. We were in that situation a few years ago. And, you know, I, I, I know it's tough when you get into that situation. But, uh, you know, yeah, it was a very, very competitive ball game. The last three weeks, the, the fourth quarter that your team has just been able to control and, and put in their grasp and not let go, scores the game-winning touchdown against North Texas, a long six-and-a-half-minute drive. Then – eight-minute drive to kill the game at Rice. And now here, three-point lead, get the ball with 7-17 left, and you don't let it go. What is it about this group in the fourth quarter and the way that this offense can move the ball where when they have a lead, regardless of the size of it, with even a lot of time left in that final quarter, they know that they can finish off the game? Yeah, just uh, I think a a great job play calling, obviously, by – Coach Nagel and the offensive staff. And, you know, we got some clutch players. You know, clutch catch by Lawrence Keyes. Good throw from Michael. Uh, nice first down, you know, with Makai Hughes blocking. You know, you don't see a lot of 
uh, great tailbacks that are doing that. He, outstanding job by Makai. Uh, you know, uh, you know, just just some clutch plays. You know, offensive line. You know, knocking them off the ball when we're going for it on, you know, uh, snakes and what do they call it now? The push tush or tush push, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> but uh, g- g- really good job just of uh, you know making the plays when they need to make the plays. I think we can maybe lose sight of just what an offensive line is capable of doing because they don't get the, the, the spotlight more often than not. Sometimes we'll focus on them when things go amiss, but there, there's now a common theme here in the ends of games when Tulane can just push a ball downfield and have some probably really aggravating drives if you're an opponent defense here with how games have ended. And that goes to the guys up front because they're controlling the line of scrimmage. They're doing just enough to hold a pocket if Michael needs to throw or opening up just enough lanes if Michael or Mackay or whoever else needs to run the ball here. That This offensive line, you knew it was good heading into the year, and I think you're seeing at the ends of games now, right, just how high quality it is. It really is. You know, we got some guys out. You know, Prince Pines, you know, hasn't oh, really played great. for yeah. the last few games. And, um, you know, we put a, a shot Ray over there at that position, Hurst, and, and he's played great. He was one of the offensive players of the game. You know, and then uh, Josh Remitich got hurt. And, you know, we put a, a Trey Tuggle in there. He played every snap at the right guard. So you got to have some depth. This is something we didn't have a few years ago. We got a couple guys hurt. It was, uh, you know, there was a big drop off. And, uh, you know, and what's great is, you know, Prince is going to be coming back. He's a really good player. And Josh is, will be coming back. He's a really good player for us. And that'll get us even more depth. And, you know, and now we got a bunch of competition up there with, mm-hmm. with Jad Ray and with, with um, uh, Josh and, you know, all those guys. And uh, so it's, uh, it's good. We got, you know, Coach Rochard has done a very nice job with the offensive line and, uh, uh, Happy to see their development. Once you get those two guys back, and it sounds like the, the, they're very near returning here, it almost becomes what your defensive line is right now, where you have eight, nine guys that you can just swing in for the defensive line here as well. And if you can win the battle up front, I mean, it feels like just the crux of this team is right there, right in the middle for all the, the, the things downfield and how the offense moves. If you can win up front, you're going to win a lot of games. Two lanes won a lot of games the way that this group is built up front is the biggest reason why. Yes, yeah, you know, you know, the game starts up there and, and uh, you know, at some point in time you, you got to be able to, uh, you know, get your, enforce your will on, on the, the opponent, you know, and and, and, and this, that's with movement, you know, you're either on the defensive line or the offensive line. And, and uh, it's exciting to, you know, see the depth that we have because we've had some guys get hurt, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, I'm hoping Adonis Freelo comes back here in the next week or two. He's an excellent defensive lineman for us. Uh, you know, Noah has been banged up a little bit, telling us itch, and uh, we need him to get back and ready to play. So there's, uh, there's a few guys that are banged up. We talked about the offensive line, but that's why you got to have depth. And that's why there's more than 22 guys on your team. It also helps when he got just a straight-up dog at quarterback. And that was, uh, you know, I, I, running back helps as well with that type of quality. We'll talk about him in a second. But, you know, that game was, I mean, that was a, a battered and bruised just slugfest on Saturday. And Michael's in the middle of all of it here. 
But again, just a drive to win the game here. And now three weeks in a row where it's been him clinching it. And it's with his legs, not just throwing the ball, but him picking up those fourth downs with his legs here. You know, you saw him after the game. I can't repeat completely what you told him, but I can tell you that you just told him tough, like just tough. And and when you have a quarterback that just refuses to lose, I mean, it, it's just it's invaluable. And Saturday was a huge exhibition of that. Yeah, he, he is. He's, he's very, very competitive. Um, you know, and and like I say, he's been extremely tough. I, I've, you know, just all been impressed with his, his physicality. And, uh, you know, he, he probably hits it up in there as good as anybody we got. You know, yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, kind of a rare trait for a quarterback uh, most of the time. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he did an outstanding job, particularly on that last drive. You know, like we talked about before, just a really clutch throw to, to uh, Lawrence. Uh, it's about the only place he could put it, and he put it right there. And, uh, you know, just a, another winning effort by him. And there were moments in that game in which the ECU was really doing a good job uh, putting Michael in tough spots. And it just, it was a slowly evolving game. When you and I talked last week, you said you'd have to be happy with two yards, three yards on first down. You kind of sensed that maybe this type of game was coming. But just the, the, the experience that Michael has shown over the years, it doesn't phase him when maybe things aren't going the way he wants in the first three quarters of the game. It doesn't feel as smooth, but he's been through so much. He's experienced pretty much every type of game you can throw at a guy here. So when push comes to shove, he knows how to get the job done, even if the day itself had been a little bit up and down. Well, he's played a ton of football here at Tulane. I mean, he's got a bunch of records, and, and we're not a pass-happy team. You know, We're not throwing it 50 times a game. All those kind of things. He's just very, very efficient, throwing the ball with completions and and uh, you know, yeah, he just he gets better and better. I think you know part of it is uh, you know just the experience of how many games that he started and played here. And he was just awarded this week with an invite to the Senior Bowl, the the very first one the Senior Bowl has awarded for the 2024 game. Not bad for a kid who had to. Keep on beating the drum with his parents to start playing football. Started playing the sport pretty late. Did not have a ton of interest as he was playing high school. It was you that that saw him and and brought him over and gave him this opportunity. Uh, the road that he has traveled to now be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation and now the very first invitee to the Senior Bowl. Man alive! It's it, you. You write stories like this, don't you? Oh, he he really is. Uh, you know. Just, just worked at it extremely hard. He's a guy that works year round at it, and he does it the right way. He's not a you know boastful, you know bragger kind of guy. He just you know just works at it on a daily basis. And we were very fortunate, you know. I, I give a lot of credit to you know our recruiting staff. My son Wes, he recognized him early on, and and at the time we had uh, Will Hall as our uh, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach. Will did a very good job of. Recruiting him because he didn't have that many offers. He had some offers, but not not you know you know Green Bay Packers or Pittsburgh Steelers or anybody like that. You know, and we were able to get him here, and he's been just an outstanding player. And you know, in the morning he he got his uh, invitation to the East West Shrine Game mm-hmm. in the morning, along with Quan Jackson. We're really proud of both those two for that. And then 
Uh, it was really neat. This, you know, just a little while ago, uh, his mom was able to make it into town. His sister's got her first basketball game this evening. A couple hours, yeah. <laughs> here in a few hours. And then, uh, and then Michael, uh, uh, you know, and then Jim Nagy, the executive director of, of the uh, Senior Bowl, along with the founder of Walk-Ons, came over and presented the first invitation for the uh, 2024 uh, Reese's Senior Bowl. So that was a tremendous honor for him and our football program, uh, both for uh, him and Quan. That was outstanding. We, we had a nice little deal with Quan also, where his dad uh, mm-hmm. came and gave him the invitation. And I kind of tricked Michael. I said, hey, I'm sorry I couldn't get your mom or anybody here. We did it with him with the second one. So uh, really neat uh, for both those guys, and it's great for our program. What Mackay Hughes has turned into now for you, very few teams have cracked 100 against uh, ECU on the ground, individual rushers. He had a hard-fought 105, and that last drive picking up some huge yardage there to keep that going. That's five in a row for him. He's the conference's leading rusher. This is the guy that I feel like speaks more with his pads than his voice, like he's a very quiet, minor, mild-mannered kid. But goodness gracious, what what he's become one of the best backs in the nation now, and I'm not sure many people expected this from him. What's been the key for him that you have seen in the development of Mikai Hughes? Well, a lot of the same things we just got done talking about with Michael is is, is those attributes, uh, you know, are, are the same that uh, Mikai has. He, he's he's tough. I mean, competitive. Again, he's not a big talker and all that other kind. I think he plays football the right way. I think Michael plays football the right way. Quan plays football the right way. Those guys are, you know, competitive. They're tough. They're hustlers, you know, and and uh, that's what we want to have in our program. So, Makai um, is just, you know, there, there were some tough yards to get. There was one time we were backed up, and then we, we missed a guy on the outside. Uh, uh, the nickel uh, uh, came from the outside, and we had nobody to pick him up. He avoided him, avoided another guy, and got back to the line of scrimmage. And I think we were on the five-yard line when it happened. And it could have been back on the two-yard line, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, there's plays like that that he makes – uh, that are just outstanding that, you know, people don't really notice. You know, oh, you know, it's second and eight. Well, it could have been second and 11, you know, but uh, he just does a good job getting his foot in the ground, getting vertical, tough kid, getting better pass pro. He blocks one of the big runs at the end of the game for for Michael. Uh, you know, yeah, it was him leading the block, uh, you know, kicking out a, uh, a guy who outweighs him by probably 40, 50 pounds. So he just he's just a tough, hard-nosed competitor. Yeah, he's lost 13 total yards this year. I mean, he just doesn't go down in the backfield. <laughs> I mean, it's astounding to watch him. It was a game in which your team had to overcome some self-inflicted moments, some penalties that we're not used to seeing from this team. Defensively, it was a weird start, and ECU jumped out to a 10 nothing lead. But second quarter on, 47 total yards allowed by this defense. Some huge moments. Jarius Monroe had a very active game. Jared Small, I thought, had a terrific day. And Jesus Machado just goes about his business there as the team's leading tackler. What was the switch that flipped, do you think, from first quarter to second quarter to allow that defense to stabilize? You know, something I worry about, you know, during the week, you just, you know, with with saving guys' legs and Everything else is sometimes, you know, you, you rep the plays, but then all of a sudden the speed of the game happens early. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're, banged, we're banged up a little bit. Everybody's banged up right now. So you got to practice smart, and that doesn't allow you to really go with the speed and the physicality that you want to. So that might have been part of it. I don't know. But uh, 
great job with adjustments. You know, I thought Coach Wood and the defensive staff put together a tremendous game plan. And anytime you hold anybody to 47 yards over three quarters, you're doing a great you job. Win. Yes. <laughs> It was, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a game this year that just was as physical as that one. Like, it just felt like an old, so cool football game. And that's, you can tell, I think defense loves games like that. And, and, and it showed in the results. And I think the aftermath of that game, nine straight wins on the road. This is the seventh win in a row, all told, for this team. How does this team just keep doing it away from home? Have we been able to figure out? Is there a common thing? Because all these games have been different. Is it just veteran leadership and, and, and the wherewithal to know that it doesn't matter where we are, we know how to do it? Oh, I, I, you know, one of the things that we do is we're very consistent in our preparation and, and our itinerary for games. We don't, we don't sh- switch things irregardless of whether we're playing at home or on the road. You know, it's the same schedule over and over and over and over again. And uh, I think that... You know, when you have that familiarity, I think it, it, it gives you an opportunity to have success. And, uh, you know, we, we've, uh, you know, we, you know it's, it's good coaching and, more importantly, really good playing. You know, I think our, my, my coaching staff does a great job of putting together a game plan and, and uh, prepping the guys during the week. And then we talk about just turning it loose on Saturday. And, you know, it's uh, – Hey, that's our deal, man. We we want to score one more than they score. That's that's the deal. And and uh, and I told them all after the game. I think some of the guys were disappointed two weeks ago. They're disappointed. Hey, man, we won. That's you know, in this day and age, that's that's what it's all about. And we're ecstatic when that occurs. And they can just look around what happened Saturday around the conference, around the country. See all these narrow margins of victories. It was the first playoff poll of the week, and a lot of those teams in that top twenty-five had to really battle to the end. It's just the it's just the sport now. I mean, it's a you can't just roll out there and win by forty, right? Because everybody, especially when there's a number next to your name, is going to start coming after you here. And so, it's just the mental fortitude of this team just keeps on showing through. Uh, I thought what was interesting when when down on the field, Jim Nagy was inviting Michael to the senior bowl and he talked to the team and he said 50 years from now people will be talking about this era of two-lane football this week is the we're honoring the 50th anniversary of the 1973 team as it turns out and so the, to be recognizing a team that means so much to people here in two-lane football history and having it happen with what's happening right now um, it's fun to connect the past in, in, in situations like this because you're right. We're going to remember this era of two-lane football just so like a lot of folks remember 1973. Yeah, you know, I've gotten to know a bunch of those guys, and uh, they're really a neat group. And, you know, it's it's very common. You know, you get winning teams and they hang out together. You know, we, we like you know, being around I, each other. Yeah, don't they? they love being around each other. You know, I, I played, you know, Division two ball and – we uh runners up for the national championship my senior year. And I'm still good friends with, you know, 20 of those guys, you know, and talk to them all the time. A lot of them come to our games. And, you know, those friendships, they last a lifetime. And, and these guys, I, I, I like hanging out with these guys. And, uh, uh, you know, I've just gotten to know them all because uh, they have a lot of reunions. <laughs> they enjoy, enjoy coming to games, being around each other. They're very active with Tulane. You know, they, 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 well, how can we help the university? That's their big deal. You know, it's, you know, sometimes people say, ah, you, you got to help me out. You know, I, I, I worked for that, did some stuff for the university. These guys are always trying to, how can I help you guys? 
you know, because uh, they know how much, you know, that how important that time in their life was. And uh, so they, they are, hey, you know, and you look at their schedule. I mean, God dang, what a what a schedule they play. I today, mean, God yeah. almighty now. I mean, it's it's not a, you know, you, 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 you Everyone know, remembers that one game, but man, that schedule They brutal. played a bunch of dudes now and, and uh, you know, so it'll be good to see those guys and they they deserve the honor. Is there anything I can do to help you out for Saturday to ensure that there's no indigestion after the game with what's happened here this year to make sure that everyone's calm and collected after this Tulsa game comes to an end? Is there anything I can do to help? Oh, nothing I can think of, buddy. <laughs> I have very little to say in power in what happens here Saturday. Tulsa comes in. Uh, they're in, a, I think, a similar position right now than the team that we just saw. Four losses in a row. It, it's been Kevin Wilson taking over here. Uh, at Tulsa and, and just trying to find the right pieces to connect here to get that program rebuilt. Um, it, it's been disjointed at times here for Tulsa. When you look initially at the Golden Hurricane, what jumps out to you that maybe has caused some of their problems this year? Oh, you know, the, the one thing I, that I have noticed, just like I, I noticed with uh, ECU, I was telling people all week, my, you know, last week my wife was, you know, hey, uh, you know, they're only one in seven blocks. God, they got pretty good players. I mean, they're yeah. talented. We, we got out there in the game. We started the game off. I, I was telling uh, Coach Lano, I said, Should they look pretty good, man. <laughs> they're some good-looking dudes. And that's the same thing with Tulsa. They got, they've, you know, sometimes it just it, it happens that way, and, and it's tough. And, you know, they're going to come out, and this is going to be a, a way for them to salvage a season by, by coming in and, and uh, uh, getting after old Tulane, so we we got to improve. We got to get better, you know. And and I've always talked about chasing that elusive perfect game, but we, we can play better. We can play better on offense. We can play better on defense. We can play better in the kicking game, and you know, that's what we need to do. We need to worry about ourselves, and and that's what I try to make sure that our coaches, players, managers, trainers, video people, everybody understands. And I, I'm kind of explaining that to fans here, too, as the weeks go along here, where you know I was sitting up in the booth in Greenville Saturday, and I kept getting updated about what was happening in Denver with Air Force and Army. And I was like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this, this is mattering here. We got to focus on this one and get in the win here. As this weekend happens here, I mean, it, it, if Tulane keeps on winning, it's going to fall where we want it to fall here. It doesn't matter what goes on with SMU or UTSA, and, and we'll worry about them if the time comes to worry about those two clubs or, or who else might be chasing in the group of five right now to try and get to where Tulane is. Wave keeps winning. Wave will like where they are come early January, end of December. Yeah, that's all we can worry about. I, I just, you know, I've, I've always had done a good job of just being, you know, focused on the task at hand. And so, that you know, it really – you know, all that is really doesn't mean anything. It takes you away from working on who you're getting ready to play. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I, I, if I had a dollar for every time, hey, man, did you see this on social? No, I didn't see it. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Or <laughs> so-and-so saying this, that you guys, yeah, well, it's whatever. <laughs> you know, it's, I wonder what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I really don't. I, I, it doesn't, you know, I, I – uh, I've had many people tell me, God, I can't believe you're talking to that dude. That dude was saying, blah, I, I don't know. I don't care less. As long as it's not my wife, I don't care what, what anybody really says about me. But it's, uh, uh, you know, just we just got to worry about us and, and get better and improve. And, and uh, you know, that's hard to do. You know, keep 100 and whatever it is, you know, many people we have in our organization on the same page 
you know, and, and uh, luckily, you know, I got a bunch of young men that, you know, trust in what we're telling them to do, and they're they're doing their very best to, you know, improve and do it day in and day out. And uh, so we're very fortunate in that regard. And fans better show their faces Saturday morning. There are two games left at home that are guaranteed here. It's, this is the next one coming up here Saturday at 11. The, missing opportunities here to see this team in person and what this team is capable of doing, what a home crowd can mean, what a student section is riled up from the start means to an opponent coming in. It's irreplaceable. they got to be here from the start, before kickoff, rowdy from the beginning. You know, it's the same thing we just got done talking about the 73 team. You know, these, these students come to the game, and, and if I had a, you know, a, a dime for every time someone talked about, oh, I was at this game, coach, and I'm going to remember that, you know, the rest of my – get on out of here, man. This is uh, – you're watching a quality product. You're in a tremendous uh, stadium. I mean, every seat here at Yeoman Stadium is a perfect seat. Our guys love it when they come out for warm-ups and they see a packed student section. And uh, I love it. I'm like, wow, this is this is big-time college football. So, uh, fans, everybody get on out. Support this team. I, I, and uh, – you know, and, and you know, it needs to do it every single week. This is uh, this is uh, what a uh, big time college football is all about. Get on out here in Yulman Stadium and experience. Can't say it any better than that, Coach. See you Saturday. You betcha. Roll wave. This summer, Coors Light wants you to retire, even if it's only temporary. Take a break from your nine to five for nine holes of golf. Trade those spreadsheets for a bingo card. Or swap your office chair for a water aerobics floaty. This summer, welcome to temporary retirement. Coors Light, made to chill. Copyright 2023 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Hey, Louisiana, hit your way to winnings with Blackjack from the Louisiana Lottery. You could win up to $2,100. Take a walk on the wild side. Play Wild Tins, where you could win up to $14,000. Wish upon a star. Play Bonus Star Bonanza. Top prize is a star-studded $30,000. Pick up all three tickets today. The Louisiana Lottery, giving you a reason to smile. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Tulane fans, join us on Saturday, November 11th as Greenway Football takes on Tulsa in an American Athletic Conference showdown. It's Military Appreciation Day at Yeoman Stadium with active duty military and veterans getting tickets through Vet Ticks. And the first 2,500 fans will get a free black camouflage hat. Tickets are available now at TulaneTicks.com or by calling 504-861-WAVE. That's 504-861-9283. Don't miss Tulane football as they host Tulsa on Saturday, November 11th. Roll Wave. Each day at Brian Subaru, our job is simple. We match up our Subaru customers with the Subaru they love. At Brian Subaru, we know all members of your family, including your beloved pets, have a say-so in the process. For a wonderful sales experience, come in to Brian Subaru. We consistently have great financing opportunities every month on all models in stock. Brian Subaru, 8305 Airline Drive in Metairie or briansubaru.com. Family, Subarus, and love. That's Brian Subaru. 
from the Crescent City of New Orleans up to the North Shore, down to the Bayou, and all around the world. Two-lane football is on the air. Today, the two-lane Green Wave, 7-1 on the season, 4-0 in the American, and ranked number 24 in the college football playoff poll. Look for their seventh consecutive win as they visit the 1-7 East Carolina Pirates, 0-4 in the American. ECU stacking up their returners, 4-4. Four four. Now they'll spread out on the kickoff, end over end, another shorter effort where Lewis... Revs up the engines at the three, running to the left, hands the same. He's at the 25, he slips to tackle down the far sideline, 30, trying to reverse course to the 35 to the 40, down the sideline, bouncing around to the 45 to the 50, slipping around into ECU territory, and down to the 46. Tulane needed a spark of life, they got one there. Shedro Lewis, who was a dynamo returning kicks at Liberty, springs one there, and Tulane starts things off in pirate territory. Stack two receivers just outside the right hash, single up a receiver on the numbers left with a lot of room. Now in motion, Brown right to left, fake to him. Michael looking to throw left sideline. Bauman's wide open and a fingertip bobbling catch as he tumbles out of bounds at the 36. They're going to call it a completion. We might have to take a second look at that. East Carolina definitely would like to. But that's the first big play that's worked right now for Tulane. Now they're going to try and hustle up to the line of scrimmage. Single receiver on the numbers on third and two. Hughes jukes right, has some room, has the 50. Stiff arm to the far sideline to the 45 to the 40 and wrestled down at the 37. Big time gainer. What a jump cut there from Mikai Hughes behind the line of scrimmage. Gets the Capital One first down and into ECU territory. Snap. Michael looks to throw. Looking. Now fires over the middle. Man wide open. It's Brazel. First down. Undercut inside the 20. Brazel just sprung free over the middle of the field. Gets down to the 19. Mike Edwards sits him down, but not before a Capital One first down. And Tulane punctures the Coors Light red zone for the first time today. Nice job up front by the offensive line. Michael Pratt wanted to go to his right a little deeper, but it was cut off. He comes back. He has enough time to come back, read his progressions, and find Brazel right over the middle. Two left, two right, ball on the right hash. Clayton Johnson, the tailback to the left of Pratt. Snap. Pratt looking. Firing left side of the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown to Lane. Lawrence Keys tumbles inside the left pylon. And Tulane with 4.08 to play in the second quarter is on the scoreboard in Greenville. It's 10 to 6. Nice job that time by the offensive line because they gave Michael Pratt enough time to wait for his receiver to come across the field and then found him in the flat, and he got into the end zone. Green the tailback to the right and a yard behind Flynn on second down and 10. Play action again, looking to the flat pressure. Comes, tripped down, and down he goes. Back at the 18-yard line. Jared Small with the sack. Tulane crowded the box with a couple extra linebackers here, showing an edge blitz off the right. There's the snap. They bring five. Flynn steps up in the pocket, Fires right sideline, and it's incomplete as Jerry Monroe sitting down. Chase Sowell tangled up at the 40. Great job by this two-lane defense. Maddie Hudak to force the three and out. Listen, I was waiting on this, but Jerry Monroe just went over to the offense and told them all to get ready for the two-minute drill. And for him to have two of those incompletions be while he's in coverage on that series, you just saw someone step up on the defense and give the offense a chance to get their momentum back. Use the tailback to the right of Pratt. And a three-man rush. Eight in coverage. Pratt, no options. Now he fires deep ball left sideline looking for Jackson. Got it over the shoulder at the ECU 30 and out of bounds. 
23-yard line as Jaquan Jackson got all sorts of space on Isaiah Brown Murray, the cornerback. Second down and six. Now into the Coors Light red zone for the second time today. High snap, pulled down, give Clayton Johnson. Big hole up the middle to the 10 and suplexed at the 8. First and goal, green wave shot. Clayton Johnson with a seize parting right up the middle. And Tulane looks for the lead. So Mike Houston called his second timeout. And now Ambrosio back out again to try and tie it with one second left. Ethan Hudak snaps. Casey Glover holds. Snap spot. Kick is good. And we are tied at 10 here after the first half. We'll sit down to the sidelines. Here from Coach Willie Fritz with Maddie. Coach Fritz, your thoughts on the first half? Well, you know, we, we, did a, we didn't start off real good. Great job by the guys, So Sucking it up there at the very end and getting points. Uh, you know, I thought we started to tackle a little bit better defensively. Uh, and that, that was a problem early. You know, we just need to keep getting pressure on the quarterback. Flynn alone with Harris as a wingback left. There's a snap. Three-man rush dropping eight. Flynn escaping to the right. Still looking to throw. Now he tries taking himself. Lowers the shoulder. Gets up to the 45. Jesus Machado. Man versus man tackle. A gain of one, and that's all. It's fourth and six and time to punt. Two right, one left. Use the tailback. Right hip of Pratt. Play action, bootlegging right. Dropping back to the 10. Now sets, fires deep ball over the middle of the field looking for Keys. Got it at the 30 and tumbles down at the 28. Jordan Huff, the nickelback, completely whiffed on Lawrence Keys who climbed the ladder for the football and a big play strike right down the seam puts Tulane into East Carolina territory. Play clock to one. There's the snap. Three-man rush. Brent. Over the middle, it's caught by Bauman trying to drag a tackler inside the 10. He's got the first down. Down to the eights. First and goal for the two-lane green wave amidst all the madness. So now Ambrosio, who missed from 31 in the third, is now out for a 27-yarder to try and give Tulane the lead. There's a snap, spot, kick on its way, and good. And for the first time today, Tulane is in front with 14-14 to play. It is 13-10. Two receivers either side, ball to crown the field. Green goes to the right hip of Flynn, who's looking to throw three-man front. And he gets swallowed up, spins away, drags down, pitches it over the middle where it's caught by Green. Slips a tackle, run to the right sideline of the 25 and ripped down there at the 26. Jared Small finally cleans it up. Gerald Green was a bailout option before Flynn took the sack, but that's just a pickup of two, and East Carolina has to punt it away. Great defensive rush that time. Good pressure applied uh, from the linebacker position by Tyler Grubbs. He got in there very, very quickly. The first fourth down attempt of the night here for the Pirates. They are 7 for 18 on the year, dead last in the conference. Tulane has allowed just eight fourth down conversions this season. Three receivers left, single receiver on the numbers right. On fourth and six, here comes pressure. Flynn hit as he throws, it's batted away. Incomplete. Jarius Monroe knocks it out of Chase Sowell's hands. And the Tulane defense, when they needed to, comes up with a stop. Big, big pressure by Keith Cooper crashing in and... He might have got to the quarterback right as he released it. Third and nine at the 46. East Carolina showing blitz. Play clock to one. 
Snap at zero. Here comes the blitz, picked up by Hughes. Pride over the middle. It is a diving grab at the East Carolina 35. It is Lawrence Keyes. Mark him at the 36 and a massive Capital One first down. A bullet on a string to Lawrence Keyes. Move the chains. Boy, what a great throw by Michael Pratt. But let's go back, give the offensive line some credit. Because, again, Keyes is coming from the outside. And he catches that way over the middle. So, excellent throw and catch. For 18 yards and Tulane moves the sticks. They have their seventh third down conversion of the night. Facing another big third down opportunity here. 7-14 tonight. Under five to go. 13-10 Tulane. Three receivers right. Tight end left. That's Bauman on the line. Four-man front for East Carolina. And they'll bring five on a delay. Give to Hughes on the delayed handoff. Undercut. Diving for the 26. And he's right there. That's the line to gain. Move the chains. Great effort by Makai Hughes. Just a sliver of daylight as he got to the line of scrimmage. But then he goes north and south. Picks up the first down. After two-lane call timeout. Second down and eight at the 24. It was a full house backfield. Now both backs will motion out. Empty things out for Pratt. And now in motion, Hughes left to right. And Pratt on the delayed draw off the hash mark right to the 20. Barreling forward, fighting for the first down. He's at the 15. He's got it. And he's still moving the pile to the sideline into the 14. Grown man strength from Michael Pratt. He picks up the first down and Tulane back into the Coors Light red zone. Looking to clinch this one. Yeah, we've seen that play before and Michael Pratt just does a great job following his guard and tackle and yet again Tulane on fourth down for the third week in a row looks to ice it the last two times the last few weeks it's been Pratt himself will he keep it here fourth and one he's got a host behind him under center Pratt takes it gets shoved up the middle he's close it's going to depend on the spot as the pile comes unfurled the officials are going to look to see where Michael fell. They place the ball. That's past the four. It's a first down. Game over. Great job. Michael Pratt gets up really shaking his wrist, stretching his knee, battered and bruised, but he gets the job done. Third week in a row, Steve. It hasn't been Michael with the arm, but it's been Michael with the legs that has finished off the job. As Willie Fritz and Mike Houston, these two have a ton of mutual respect for each other, came up in similar ways, have been in this league for a long time now. These are two of the older guys here in this league. They shake hands and pat each other on the back. As the clock hits zero here in Greenville, Tulane has won seven in a row. Their road winning streak extends to nine. Third best in the nation. Incredible. And yet another close call in which Tulane just finds a way to get the win. Tulane entered this game focusing so much. All the talk was about why the second half has looked so muddy. Well, today it was all four quarters. And the first quarter left a lot to be desired. But Tulane clawed back, and I mean clawed back. To win this one 13-10.
Jabo, let's go to the very last time you were on the field here today. It's fourth and six. ECU needs to go for it in the waning moments of this game. And you jump in front of Sowell and bat it away, and that wind up helping seal up this win. Take me through that play. Man, you, you dream for opportunities like that. You know, you, you watch so much film, and uh, you pray that you get the opportunity to make that play for your team, for your family. You know, this is a family. And um, I'm watching the other side of the field. I see in it, they're in that two-player two stack um, with the one wide. And when they motion it into that bunch, they normally go mesh. So instantly I'm thinking mesh. Um, I, I play it a little tighter. I don't get, I don't move my feet. I take one step inside, get two hands on, getting ready to tailpipe the mesh, and the guy takes the outside release. So I have to change my whole plan, shuffle my feet, get a 45 angle, get my hand on them, and um, make sure that my hips are low so that when he break, I can break. And when I saw him break, initially I wanted to go make the play, but then I said, let me just play it true and just try to knock this ball down. And that's what I was able to do for my family. So earlier in the week, I'm going to tell fans what you and I discussed at practice. You said, I need someone to challenge me. You're not getting thrown to. You were thrown at a lot here today with yeah. Alex Flynn. What does it mean to you in a game like this where it was chippy, the penalties were flying, it was a very tight game from start to finish here, you were challenged and you always came up with the answer? Definitely. Um, what, what we knew coming in, I knew definitely that I was probably going to get an opportunity to make some plays. Um, the quarterback hasn't been playing a lot of college football for this team. So, you know, he just wants to show his team that he can make plays just like anybody else would want to do. And I respect it. So um, I knew that I was eventually going to get targeted um, and it happened. And then I had to, you know, figure out how to get right, man. It's been a while. You know, I was kind of rusty. Uh, but, you know, I had one play where the guy caught the ball, but my hand was on the ball. You know, it just That's was right, um, yeah. yeah, it just was getting getting back into my groove, man. Once I got it, it, it was on. After the first quarter, take me through the talks defensively because something changed. There was something that happened defensively here, whether it was scheme-wise, whether it was emotion-wise, only allowed 48 yards to ECU from the second quarter on. What changed? Our D.C., man. Our, our D.C., our defensive back coaches, our D-line coaches, our linebacker coaches, our, our dog coaches. Man, man, those those guys are amazing. They pushed us on that side, and they told us, like, you have the opportunity. We're going to give you the blueprint. Go out there and execute. And that's what we did. That's what we did. We've been talking about playing faster, coming out harder. And that was our goal. We tried to do that. And we felt like we executed it to an extent. Um, we can obviously be better. But, man, just our coaches, man, I got, I got to tip my hat to them because they were the reason we came out there and played the way we played. They put us in the position to play the way that we played. And I appreciate them and love them so much. And I want them to know that. Seven wins in a row, eight and one now in the year. You, since you got here, have not lost on the road. That's got to feel sweet to walk around an environment like this and keep seeing sad faces leave a stadium after <laughs> pulling out wins like this. This team just has a knack, doesn't it, down the stretch of games to find what it needs to do to win a game. Yeah, man, I, I didn't even know we played that many games. I thought we were just one and no. So I had no well clue. Done. I had no clue that we played that many games. I, I thought it was just one and no. But, I mean, it's good to know that we won that many games. But, um, you know, the record's going to start over next week, and we're going to go 1-0 again. <laughs> and you're going to get a challenge from Tulsa. They will throw everything they got at you boys next week. Jabo, enjoy the happy flight. Enjoy this one, the huge pass breakup to help seal up this win at the very end of the game. Congratulations, my man. Thank you. Love you, Coach. Michael, he just had an embrace with your head coach there, and I won't say what he fully said because it's not radio-friendly, but I will say the message was you're tough. I mean, this game 
tough physical. You are battered and bruised. Take me through weaving through this game and just how physical and grinding it was. Yeah, no, physical game. Um, you know, I thought ECU played really well. Um, you know, brought, brought a lot of pressure, did a lot of different things on the defense. Um, you know, hats off to them. They played really well. Uh, we got to watch this film and continue to get better. Last three weeks, fourth down, you run for a touchdown. Fourth down, convert with your legs. Tonight, fourth down to seal the game. You take it up the middle to win it. What is it about you and knowing what you can do with your legs that has made it so dangerous at the end of the games and allowed you to seal up wins? Um, you know, I give the credit to the offensive line and, you know, Coach Nagel with the play calls, um, putting me in a position to be successful and, um, you know, just, just doing my part and executing the play. ECU just kept bringing people and kept bringing people. We know how good they are at stopping the run, and that allowed you to find your guys downfield. You lose Jaquan in this game for the second week in a row, but there's Lawrence in that final drive. Chris came up with some big moments for you. You have so many options. Alex had a couple moments for you early on in this game. And then Makai, what he keeps doing for you. This offense right now, when it's going, it's hard to stop, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think we just got to keep it going. Um, you know, had a couple of hiccups, and um, you know, just got to execute the little things. I think we uh, got behind the sticks a lot tonight, um, doing just some stupid stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, the penalties, and you know, that just makes it really difficult on an offense. And uh, you know, it's it's pretty demoralizing at some points. But you know, got to continue to keep our head up and uh, you know, execute the plays and take what we got. Last time, it's been a while, but the last time we were here to now, how have you evolved as a leader of this team, as a quarterback, and as a person to lead this team to a win like this in this building? Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of great leaders on this team, and um, just having to step up in that role and hold people accountable, um, you know, I think we all know what we're capable of. Um, and that, that starts on, on Sunday when we come in and watch film and Monday when we start practice. Um, so we just got to continue to hold people accountable, continue to, you know, push through the, the hard stuff. And, um, you know, football is hard. You know, it, it's hard to win football games. And, uh, you know, it wasn't pretty tonight, but can never discredit a win. So proud of my guys for the resilience and, and the, the grit um, and, and finishing all the way through. You got some dog in you, man. And the way that you spread the love when I talk to you in this, when you do media here, uh, there, there's something that's got to be inside you where you know, like, wh when you're able to do this type of stuff that you've been doing the last couple of weeks, lead these game-winning drives and these close games, that's got to feel great for you personally from where you've come from to where you are now with one of the best teams in the nation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to make uh, you brag on yourself here a little bit, Michael. <laughs> well, no, I, uh, I give all the glory to God and all the um, – you know, credit to my teammates and my coaches for, you know, making me the person that I am. And um, like I said, with my coaches putting me in a position to be successful. And um, yeah, I sense an ice bath coming your way when we get back to New Orleans. You got to heal up. Tulsa's in town next weekend here back home. Seven wins in a row, eight and one, but one and zero, right? One and zero. Congratulations, Michael. Thank you. Appreciate it. Zeus, as a leader of this defense, when you know that every time you're on the field in a game like this, you guys have to come up with the big moments. How do you guys stay locked in, stay composed, and do what you need to do to help sew up a win like this? Um, you know, just staying together. Um, that was the biggest thing, you know. Um, we, seen, we knew coming in today was going to be a hard, physical, tough game. You know, um, every opponent is going to give us their toughest battles. So, you know, we, from the get-go coming in, we like, hey, man, like, we got to be together. We got to fight. And we, we worked on, like, coming out second half and um, coming out strong. And I think we was able to do that th this week.
and it wasn't just the second half. I just talked to Jabo about the second quarter. Something changed there for you guys after ECU was able to score on both of their first quarter drives, 48 yards allowed from the second quarter on. So it started then. What was it about this group where it just seemed to hit a high gear after that? Um, we burned each other up. You know, we talked to each other like, hey, man, like we said what it was going to be. And, you know, let's go out there and execute. So many moments in this game in which penalties started happening, a lot of penalties that we're not used to seeing here and finding ways where things just kept kind of feeling off kilter. How do you keep everyone focused and aligned here to make sure that when the time calls for it, you guys execute what you need to do? You know, we just, like like we said, like staying together, you know, like we're going to make some plays, you know, like even after a setback, just staying together and we, everything's going to work out. What is it about this team in close games here, Zeus? I mean, just knowing how to get it done here. Three-point win here, two-point win last week, seven-point win the week before. The comeback at Memphis. There's something about this team where they just know how to do it, isn't there? I think we're just strong, physical, um, strong team. You know, we're going to stay together and we're going to fight to the end you know, no matter what. Zeus, this team just knows how, doesn't it? Now as a leader of this group, you've seen this team have to find ways to do it evolve, right? It's got to be fun to be a leader of this defense here, be a part of this seven-run win-winning streak that we're on right now, 8-1 and one on the year, and know that when the time calls for it, you guys know how to do it. That's got to be fun to be a part of, isn't it? Um, yes, sir. You know, um, like you said it all, like we're just finding a way, you know what I mean? Finding a way this week to go 1-0. Find a way next week when Tulsa's in town. Good to be back home next week. We love it on the road here, don't we? But Zeus, great to be back home next week. Hell of a job for you and this defense holding this team down. Congrats on the win, bud. All right, thank you. All right, kiddos, let's take a look around what's going on this weekend at Tulane. It's brought to you by Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Game day taste you can't beat. Cross Country is at Regionals in Fayetteville, Arkansas. It is Friday, looking to make their way to Nationals. Both the women and the men have some Terrific opportunities to do so. Best of luck to both squads here on Friday. Not to be outdone, Sailing is playing host to the single-handed Nationals this Saturday and Sunday up on the lake. Head on up to the New Orleans Yacht Club this weekend. It's the final regatta of the fall season, and it's right here in town. Football is hosting Tulsa this Saturday morning. That's an 11 o'clock kick time. Tickets are still available at TulaneTix.com. What are you doing? Get on out here, kiddos. I need to see your lovely faces here at Yeoman Stadium. It is a jam-packed weekend inside Fogelman and Devlin. Wednesday night, women's basketball against Nichols. That's at 6. Thursday night, the men host Northwestern State. Also at 6 o'clock. Then volleyball takes over this weekend. Friday night at 6 o'clock. Sunday afternoon at 2. Both those matches against SMU. Tickets for all four events at TulaneTix.com. Also happening on this beautiful plot of real estate here in Uptown, baseball hosting their alumni game on Sunday afternoon. That is completely free of charge. And a little birdie tells me that the 2023 team is going to get some rings for winning a conference championship that day as well. And finally... They're not here, but they are competing. Bowling is all the way up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, starting on Saturday to take on Stephen F. Austin. What a week, what a show. My thanks to Gemma Raboyo and Willie Fritz for joining this week. The Current, presented by Brian Subaru, was also brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Louisiana. For life's moments big and small, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is always there. The right card, the right kick. And by Children's Hospital of New Orleans, the health experts for kids. The Current, presented by Brian Subaru, was a production of the Tulane Sports Network from Learfield. Until next time, I'm Corey Glore, and as always, roll.